Hi there, welcome to Podcast 90 from Football with Anya, available on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the available places. I'm Michael Stays and I'm joined by Football with Anya founder Mike Bell. We're going to be doing a generic podcast today talking about Dutch teams, the Eredivisie, the Netherlands, what we're looking forward to with the next squad in October. Just plenty of chit-chat about Dutch football. Um, and of course, we're available in all those places so you can listen to us. We know we've been doing recently on YouTube some podcasty kind of things, but they're mainly surrounding the Dutch national team and match reactions to those games. You can, of course, go and check those out if you wish. But this will be um, more about the Dutch clubs themselves and players to watch out for. Mike, how are you doing? And um, have you recovered from those national team games over the international break? Yeah, I'm all good. And yeah, there's a that Turkey win just got me more excited when there was national team at the moment. So it's still on a high from that. Um, mm. But the Eredivisie action at the weekend was a bit of a letdown after all the highs of there was six one Turkey. So yeah, it's. It's good to have the Champions League back this week in the European games with all the Dutch teams and that. And yeah, it's only a month to go until even more in everyone's goodness. So yeah, it's gonna be busy. You know, games come thick and fast with you know European games this week. And then I think we've got a double header of Air Divisie next week with games in the midweek as well. So yeah, it's gonna be busy, busy, but you know, it's got plenty of good games to look forward to. There seems to be so many games at the moment, it's getting more and more and more. More for the Dutch national team and more for Dutch teams too with the new Europa Conference League around. I think we should we should first of all talk about Ajax with their Champions League group. We touched upon their group to preview recently when they when they, they drew the teams out of the hat. Um, but they've they've got they've got Sporting Portugal, um, Dortmund, Besiktas in their group. Having watched Ajax more closely in since the start of the season. Well, what have you made of, of Ajax? And um, do you think now, do you look at that group and think that that's something they can contend with? Can they get through that group? Because for me, when I looked at the, the list of fixtures, of course, Sporting comes first. People might be listening to this after the, the Sporting match, but we might listen to this before then. And I, and I look at that one, that away to Sporting, and think that, that that is a key one for them to get through, even though Sporting were the top seed in that group. They've got to try and win games like that, or at least get a draw. Yeah, if you want to get through, then for me, the, the way games against Sporting and Besiktas are the two ones that mm. they got a chance of picking up wins in. And I think Sporting are actually missing some key players as well, which is, means the game's coming at a good time for for Ajax. So, you know, it's difficult with this Ajax side. I just sense there's, there's not as much excitement around this Ajax group at the moment. It's not as nice. It seems to be a bit flat. Years. Yeah, everything's a bit flat around it. Um, I think there's a few players that want to to go elsewhere. I think there's a few distractions off the pitch, and it's everything about the side isn't as exciting as it has been in the past couple of years. But saying that, I still the Champions League games are the ones they always pick themselves up for, and these are the ones that they want to yeah. showcase how good they are. But yeah, there's there's just a bit flat at the weekend. You know, it's only Pex Voa who, I mean, touched on it before in the previews, but they're in for a, a horrible season, I think, and. It's just a sort of lackluster win against them. And he's thought, I'll got a couple of goals and I'll do. Um, I thought Berghaus did well as a number 10. And um, his league up play with Howard was good. Um, other than that, it's just a few of the players just aren't performing as good as you expect. And 
there's just not that excitement around new signings that there usually is at this time of the year. I think that the Rami's new players come in, but is he that exciting? Is he that good? Who knows? Um, I know he didn't have a good time with Denmark during the international period, so the jury's out on him. But yeah, it's just going into this Champions League cycle, you know, past couple of years, you've always had a lot of people getting excited about watching Ajax in the Champions League, but this year, the sense it's a little bit, a little bit different. Um, but sporting is a good chance to to start with a win and maybe silence some of their critics. Um, whether they do that, we'll, we'll wait and see because it's a dangerous tie. Lose that one straight off the bat, and it could be difficult. But anything but a loss is is a good result. I think even a draw at this moment in time, I'd take a thousand Ajax fan. We'll talk about some of the teams at the bottom of the Eredivisie a bit later. Go ahead, Hercules and Peck Swallow. Although that bottom three, you mentioned Peck. How, how dreadful they are and Ajax only winning 2-0 I guess you could say only was a bit disappointing they've still got the likes of Dishon Tadic there Deli Blint there's a lot of experience a lot of good quality players and um, it's not as though someone like Tadic is, is playing any worse than he normally is but there, there's not there's not excitement around these new guys like you said Dorami is, is, he, is he as good as, as they're making out to be we'll have to wait and see I think the Champions League is where they want players like Anthony to perform so that they can either get through to the last 16, they can sell these players on for big money. Uh, Anthony, it, it's a big season for him. Someone like him, someone like Havenberg, if they really want these big European moves, they have to impress in these six group games to get the team through and obviously keep impressing in those knockout games and get big money moves. Um, I, I, still, I still don't know what I think about Alaire, I think I'm still on the fence where I think he's a good player and I think he's someone who will do something in the Champions League. I know there's people who listen to this that will completely disagree with me that Alaire is a limited striker. Um, Berghaus is a 10. is interesting in, in, in place of Davy Klaassen. He did a good job against Pep because he likes the ball on the floor. He likes linking up with the striker. Um, yeah, I it's 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 um it's not average, is it? This Ajax team, but it's I think they're still on this hangover from when De Ligt and De Jong left. Yeah, and there is there is a talent there. You know, you got Timber in the back, you got Range, you've got Gravenberg, but Gravenberg, as everyone thinks he's an elite midfielder and he's going to be absolutely world class, but I just think he's gone through a little bit of a dip in form mm. recently. That's why we didn't see him for Netherlands. Um, other than is, I think he got what 10 15 minutes maybe. Um, that's because that he's not actually playing that well for, for Ajax at the moment. And even times the last season, he was getting a bit criticized for not playing well. And he needs to step it up if he wants to become that midfielder that everyone expects him to be. You know, he gets linked to, to Paul Pogba all the time, and that mm. him be not for him. It's a world class midfielder, and he needs to start showing it. Now, um, why why is that then? Why is he not performing to what the level they expect him to? Do we just have these expectations that are impossible for like an eighteen year old to reach? Is it that he's suggesting it might be an attitude thing, where he's not pushing himself to be the best he can be? Um, what is it? Or, or is it like any other young player where they have to go in waves to actually get better? Yeah, I think he's like every other young player. I've not really seen anything about his attitude to say that. He's not an ex Bazur, for example. He's not going <laughs> to do that. But um, yeah, I think he's he's a good professional, and he just needs to to get out of something. You know, a couple of goals 
would would help him. You know, a couple of good games. A showing against Sporting in midweek would be great. Um, if he could do that, then just create the buzz around him again because he, he must be a confidence player. That you know, once he starts getting his name in the lights, he'll he'll start performing again. But just at the moment, there's just there's a wall around most of the players at Ajax. You know, Berghaus did well on the weekend. I still think Howard's going to finish top goal scorer in there, Divisi. Mm. I said before because you're scoring the games against Pixel and games like that because you'll get the game time when Ten Hag decides to rotate during Champions League matches. Um, whether he starts against Sporting, I still don't think so. I think it'll be Tadic through the middle, um, possibly Anthony on the left, and, and Berghaus if if Class is back. If Class is not back, then you may see Neres as well in there, but. Yeah, it's just it's, it's hard to speak about this Ajax side because you know they are strong on paper, their squad's great, but this is not. I'm just not excited about this Ajax side at the moment. And what even is their best eleven? I think that's the the point problem they have. They've got some good players, but apart from like Allaire and maybe one or two other players, you, you couldn't you couldn't pick a their their starting eleven that you think will play every every week in the Champions League. Yeah, um, and I think they have issues with in goal. I don't think that. Like uh, Stick Ellenberg was was injured at the weekend, wasn't he? And then you got past Pierre, who is untested at this level. You know, he's not a Champions League tested goalkeeper, so that could be a bit of a worry. Then um, I think Mizrahi's had a good start to the season, and then you know the the Argentinians missed the the game at the weekend because they got back late. But they'll come back into it. Um, so yeah, Ten Hag has a selection um, choices to make where he, he goes with. Tadge for the middle, Howard for the middle. He gets some of the new guys a run out where he goes. It's you just need to. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about this side because, as I said, I'm just very flat about him at the moment. <clears throat> Maybe they'll go out and they'll absolutely hammer Sporting four 0 and I'll be like, wow, that was, that was great. But right now, I just I just can't can't see it. Um, and I don't know if the way to get out of some would be to give a couple of the young guys a chance. You know, like Bobby and Juan see more of Kenneth Taylor, but he seems to be getting held back. Um, but yeah, it's I still think they're going to get out of this group. I still think they'll come in the top two. I think at home they'll they'll do well, and I think they'll pick up points away. I think they'll pick up at least one point against Sporting, and then one point against Besiktas, and then the games against Dortmund are going to be ones that they really tell. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just waiting for Ajax to, to perform this season before I can see how really good they are because, you know, we've got PSV who, for me, on paper right now are a much more exciting side. And then you've got Feyenoord as well who, under slot, seem to be a, a very interesting project. Um, let's let's talk about PSV anyway. They've got a Europa League group with Real Sociedad, Stone Garas and, and Monaco. That's a tough group. And I think that that's the kind of motivation the players need. They want to play again in the Champions League, really. But there's two teams that I don't think could be out of place if they were in the Champions League in that group. Um, and I, I know that you're excited about the players in that squad. Not only Madueke has gone through a bit of a dip recently, but we were just speaking about young players. They do that. They, they're not going to always fly. Um, and they, 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 they like to use the squad. Roger Schmidt he did it a bit last season, but more so this season. He keeps saying it that to achieve something special... You have to use your entire squad. We've got players like Bruma and Ritsu Doan playing now. Ryan Thomas is getting minutes. They need to use all the players that they've collected over the past few years and probably can't get rid of 
to actually make a success of the season. What gets me, though, is when he changes players at half-time or after 60 minutes, because you're playing half the game or around about half the game with, without your best 11. And if you've got five players that aren't your best 11 playing, unless you're three or four nil up, it seems a bit counterproductive for me. Why don't you just start with those players? Yeah. Um, I think he, he was vindicated the weekend because, you know, his head were on top at times. They're only one nil up and yeah. then he yeah. made all the changes and then suddenly Protestan scores and, and Don gets the third. So... It worked, it worked the for them, didn't it? Yeah. And substitutions like that will give some of the players a bit up the arse as well. So if, if Madawaki's not having a, a good game, if he gets dragged off, then he's going to come back into it thinking, no, oh, then I'll need to impress because Bruma's hot on his heels. You know, he's just one head of busy player of the month. Um, he's got Doan coming in, scoring a great goal. You've got, you know, got Vertessen pushing, and then you've got um, Vinicius as well coming into it. He's not even coming to the start of 11 yet. So where's he going to fit in? Is he just going to be a, a batter for Zahavi or is he going to be maybe two up front? We'll need to see what Schmidt does, decides with him. But now Schmidt has options. He's using the bench and he's using the bench well. And the more these players come in and do the business like Bruma or, or Doan, then they're going to push for a start in 11 and it's going to push somebody at Madueke out if he doesn't start performing. And that'll give him the incentive to to not have dips and then only make him a better player. The more competition they have, the better the starting 11 is going to be. So I think PSV have the options on the bench now. They've got plenty of attacking players to come in and change games. And if I was a, a PSV fan right now, I'd be, I'd be very happy with the start of the season. Four wins out of four and they beat RZ at the weekend. It showed us again the difference between PSV and RZ this season with the levels they're going to be operating at. What did you make of PSV in that game? I, I thought that they they played very well, but I said also, whilst being quite energetic, didn't really have the quality to finish chances again against against PSV. It was PSV's first win though against a top four team since two thousand eighteen. In fact, they've only beaten um, one team from the top five over the past few years, and that was the Test, and that was just a home victory. They actually lost the away um, match last season. It's a big step up for Schmidt to do. I said at the start of the season that if they can beat the teams that will be up there with them, I guess you could count RZ still in that bracket, still a good side, then they're going to be able to win the league. What what impressed you the most in that in that win? It was three 0 against RZ. You know that 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 makes a statement, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that Schmidt's brought in Obispo. I think is having a great start to the season alongside mm-hmm. Romano. I think that. Those two in defence are, are great. I think Boscagli going into the field to cover for the loss of Sangari as well. It just shows you what options that, that Schmidt has and they're all performing well. Um, I think even as Obispo is now getting pushed forward for possibly getting an everyone's call-up, that's how good the start season he's had so far. And I think defensively they were sound. Um, AZ did have the chances they couldn't take. Um, probably talk about AZ a bit more later on, but I thought PSV were professional they got the job done and then Schmidt's substitutions changed the game in the second half so I think it's uh as much as I was critical about Schmidt last season he's sort of proven me a bit wrong this year because he's having a great start to the season I think he's done done wonders with his side and yeah I think that winning three now at AZ is not an easy task and no. four wins out of four and then they've got fine or this weekend as well so if they win that one then you know, PSV are on a roll um and they're sort of justifying 
everyone's excitement at the start of the season. And your prediction of them winning the league looks very good right now, a second. <laughs> yeah. um, you spoke about RZ. They finally, for me, are beginning to settle upon a starting eleven. They've got the new goalkeeper in, Vindal Jensen. Um, I'm just thinking on top of my head here, they're starting lineup. They've got Martin Zindi sort of settled now as a main centre-back. Tim Lecher, for me, has to come out of that side. They need to have a better defender next to Martin Zindi. But Martin Zindi didn't cover himself in glory for, I think it was PSV's second or third goal of the test, which just ran around him. Um, they've got their full-back sorted. Midfield looks strong, still with Mitsio in there. Uh, but then it's the front four that, that interests me the most when it comes to how they could improve a team. Colson has to be their, their main attacking threat this season from the left. And it seems like Abbott Clow is going to be their starting right winger. Danny DeVitt is playing behind Pavlidis now. We also said before, we don't repeat what we said before, that this side, you know, if it was a team that finished 6th, 7th or 8th that season, you'd be saying, wow, they are ready to push on now looking at the top six or whatever. That's where I was to find themselves. They're going to be in that bracket this season of fighting for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. They're not going to be third, second or challenging for the title. Is it something that Arza fans have just got to accept? And people that watch Dutch football, have they got to accept that this is where RZ are and that they will be back? Or is there potential here that maybe we haven't realised yet and they have got a long way to go still this season? No, um, I don't think that the side's going to be a surprise and then end up top three. Um, I still think there's enough about them. I don't think there's enough depth up front. Um, I don't think there's enough goals in the side to really challenge for the top three. Um, I think other Ajax, PSV and Feyenoord are much stronger than this AZ side. And it's, it's a shame because we've, we've loved AZ over the past few years, challenging yeah. at the top to be a great story. But... I think this year is a transitional year. I think they've got the money in. They, they could have signed players, decided not to. Um, they said that they wanted to, to bring in some of the youth players. They started doing that to an extent with with Poku getting a chance here and there. And I think they need to do it more. I think Tabuni needs to come into it, get a feel of the game. Um, I think Yukima has to come in as well. I think he's a better centre-back than, than Lecha. I think Hadzidiakos is a better centre-back than, than yeah. Lechard, but he seems to be the, the starter at the moment, which is, which is a bit odd, but I just think that AZ had a chance to sign some players in the summer and he decided against it, and that's what's going to be telling, that they didn't go out and get a couple of players. Maybe in January they'll go out and spend the money that they could have spent in the summer. Maybe Joey Veerman will be a bit cheaper in January than it would have been in the summer, or maybe they'll get another striker in January to to challenge Pavlidis because if Pavlidis gets injured, you're looking at maybe Danny DeVitt starting up front and then Goodmanson coming into the side and then I don't think that really improves it much. Um, so I think they're still missing two or three players to to challenge at the top. And I think that their goalkeeper, I think that I was trying to, I was looking at it at the weekend and as much as Buscagli's strike was absolutely outstanding, the more I watched it, the more I was just like, what was the key to do? He stood there, didn't he, really? He stood there, he stood there and watched it go in. And I was just like, if yeah. you dove for that, surely he would have saved it. Um, so there's still reservations about him. So, and it just depends on how motivated Owen Vindal is. He's got the captain's armband. Um, he says he's he's more than happy to stay at AZ this season. 
Um, so we need to see what kind of campaign he has on the, the left because he's their star man now. He's a big name. Um, I think right now we'll see how they're at in January. Um, but say after like 6th, 7th in January, the Cubs fans are going to be expecting them to go out and spend to, to move them up that table. And I think that I'll keep repeating it and I'll keep repeating it that Joey Veerman, 8 million, you know, speculate to accumulate. If he joins AZ, does very well, he then becomes a... a 2025 million pound player. Exactly. So why not spend the... I think they only bid 4.5 million from... Why not at least go to six to seven? That's not extremely outrageous given the amount of money that AZ brought in this summer. And he's a player that would have improved that midfield as soon as Cook Mariners left. And Jordy Classes is not the same type of player no. um, at all. And you've already seen so far this season that Joey Veerman has been the standout for her and Vayner having a good start so far. And yeah, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get why they wouldn't just put the money on the table for him. Um, but they didn't. And they got the squad till January and we just need to see where they're at by then. But I can see this AZ side being at least fifth to sixth by the time that, that January rolls around. Hopefully they put some effort into the Europe. Their form in the Europa Conference League is going to help the Netherlands in general. We do speak about the coefficient occasionally on this podcast. Yeah, I, I like Jody Classy. I really want him to rediscover his form from final days. He was brilliant then, but he isn't the same at Arsenal. It's like it doesn't work for him there. It's almost like the crowd isn't as big as finals. He just doesn't get up for matches quite so much. And yeah, Veerman, I agree with you. He needs. He he should have gone for that money. RZ have got so much money now. They can't be putting all that back into the youth academy. It's, if they're saving that money for a player, then who are they waiting for? They can't tell me because of COVID and the roof collapsing. They need all of that money to spend. I, I, there must be some reserves. Um, yeah, I, and, and, and I heard as well that the bid that Arza put in for Veerman was less than the bid they put in earlier in the summer. Heron Vane were not going to be selling him for, for less than they'd already rejected him for. Let's speak about that club, though. The Frisians, Heron Vane, they've had a great start to the season. And, and some people are starting to tip them as one of the teams that could surprise this season. I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. I still think there's a couple of players in there that aren't worthy of like, you know, Europa League qualification and whatnot. Um, but they they could be considered up there with the likes of Arsenal and Vitesse this season. They've got teams ahead of them that are qualified. I'm sorry, are playing in Europe. They're going to have games to play, get tired. They're going to drop points. Head and Vane don't have that problem. And they've got some very useful players. And the club policy is to buy players up aren't necessarily quite so young and the experience does count in certain situations. We've got some interesting loan players in, some good young players. Um, yeah, and added to the quality they've already got and the fact they've kept Joey Veerman, what a team they seem to be assembling. They can go out and, and win games they weren't expected to. In the derby of the North at the weekend, they were by far away the best team by half-time. Koenigan came back into the second half, but Koenigan are always a tough team to play away from home. I think they handled themselves very well ahead of Vane. They 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 could they could be um I mean thinking at home here, like they they could match and challenge Ajax, PSV, and they can win against the smaller teams away from home. Those points are what's gonna make a difference between them being mid-table and being in the top four, five, etc. Yeah, I think the the business they did this summer was was very smart. I think Van Uick from Maladen Hag was a, a great signing, getting him in yeah. so early then. 
keeping Joy Veerman's the the best business that they could have done this summer, and they, they somehow managed it. Um, Van Bergen's gone, but I think that they've replaced him well. And I think Musaba is going to be a great signing once he actually gets into the side. From what I saw him at NSA, I thought he was he was great. Um, and he earned that move to Monaco, so it's going to be exciting to actually see him what he can do in the third division. Um, and I think in terms of having a striker with Hank Veerman who can score goals at this level, so I think all over the pitch they're they're strong and they've got good players. And yeah, I, I agree they can challenge for a European playoff spot. No problem this season. I think that's compared to what they were last year, where there is a bit of a shambles. Um, mm. I think it's going to be a much better season for them. And I think there's a few clubs that from last season are going on an upward trajectory, and there's some from last season that are going on a downward trajectory, like like Ronigan. Um But yeah, I think here in Vino will be the one of the teams that can can definitely finish in top top seven. I, I felt generally that the Eredivisie has, has strengthened this season. It feels like a lot of the teams have got better players or just like held on to a couple of people and it, it seems to be making a difference. One of the teams that came up from the um, Erste Divisie playoffs was NEC Nijmegen. We both tipped them to do all right this season, you more so than me, but we both thought they'd do all right. And what a start, seven points from four games. Should have actually beat Villain at the weekend to make it three wins in a row. There's surely no danger of them getting relegated. And, and Ali Ackman, even as a teenager, what a striker. Yeah, I think that coming into the, the season, I was very excited about the, the young talents that they had. And Ali Ackman was one I didn't have any clue about. Yeah, I wouldn't have <laughs> named him before the start of the season, but what a revelation he's been so far. And he looks a great talent. Um, I think Dirk Proper has done well um, in midfield. I think he got man of the match at the weekend as well. So... They've got the youngsters who are, are proving themselves and they've got the experience of players like Shona as well in midfield. And I just think they're a well-balanced side. I think that, yeah, they lost big against Ajax in the first day of the season, but there's no disrespect in that. And I think that when it comes up against the sides that are around them, they've got a little bit more quality. And I think that, yeah, they'll stay up no problem this year. And um, it's just how far they can go. I think they'll be comfortably mid-table and... Yeah, some of these young players will be impressed in the definitely top half of the Eredivisie, for sure. And old Ajax man, Lasse Schoener, who is doing a good job there so far too. A great experienced addition in midfield. Another new promoted team who are doing less well, go-ahead Eagles. They knew it was going to be a tough challenge this season, but it does not great for them. They don't seem to have the goals to, to, to be able to do it. And if the defensive side goes out the window for something like so a team like Go Ahead Eagles, who prided themselves on their defensive work last season, losing Berkmer and um, Jay Horta, the goalkeeper and defender from from last season, that's not going to help either. I'm, I'm worried for them, even with Kayton Vundelen as manager, who I think is a good manager, doesn't look good. Yeah, I think that what you can say at the weekend is that to the lead, and then as soon as Canberra scored. One and two, they just absolutely crumbled and their defence fell apart. So for a team that was, as you say, prided themselves on their defence last year, it looked a bit of a shambles at the weekend. And mm. I think that some teams are going to get a lot of joy against Goya Eagles this, this season. I think they'll be on the end of a couple of thrashings. A lot of their players as well are still from when they were in the, the second tier, which NAC Nijmegen have tried to to improve. Cumber were won the lead by far and away, so they, they can compete with almost what they had last season. 
we haven't seen a lot of Heracles, Almelo this season, but they're also in the bottom three. Uh, I, I think they'll be absolutely fine, especially keeping Rave Lutz. I think that was completely under the radar that he didn't get a move higher at the league or abroad. And um, Peck Swallow, we mentioned them earlier, rooted to the bottom, four defeats and four. I feel I feel really really good about putting them bottom of the table now. <laughs> it's not against pet, pet themselves. I'm sorry if there's any pet sports watching. Um, yeah, they're 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 so low in quality, and and they've got no players to replace anyone if in, if they're injured. It's just a bunch of youth players in the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think at the weekend they didn't even fill their bench because they don't have enough players to even get enough on the, the bench, and then. I'd like to see him do well. So, you know, Dyson Radon's gone there. Um, I'd like to see him actually fulfill some of his potential. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough one to to really showcase his talents uh, at Pexwell this season because, they, yeah, they're in for a bad year. Um, I think they lack quality all over the pitch, um, especially midfield and defence. And when they're relying on players like Brav Vandenberg, who's, he's only 16, 17, that tells you just how bad it is. And... Yeah, I think that them being rooted to the bottom is is predictable, and I think that's probably be around about there, which is where they're going to end up. You know, maybe they'll climb up a couple of places that be between them, go ahead, Eagles, maybe at the bottom. But yeah, it's going to be a tough year for them, judging by the start of the season they've had. I just want to touch quickly upon Ekaseval, like a team that I think will be completely fine, and I, I and another one I didn't really want to let slip under the radar. Joseph Osting, the old um, test coach, is their manager now. I think he's done a great job considering what Fred um, Grimm's done for them and gone on to do with Willem Tway. Look okay now. Eke say, an inexperienced manager. He's brought a few decent players in to help the squads. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I think they've got enough experience in that squad and enough um, know how to, to finish high up the table. I think that. You know, they've got the experience of Kramer up front, who seems to be in better form than what he was at Adel Den Haag. Um, then they've got, you know, Alexander Butner's in there. He's getting game time. He's doing right. Um, you got Vernon and Ita in there as well. So they've got they've got the players to to keep them away from the, the bottom two. And I think they'll be all right. I think they gave Vitesse a good game at the weekend. So, yeah, to keep that up, then they should be totally fine. And I just want to touch before we finish the podcast, Mike, about the Netherlands squad that's coming up in October. It's not far away again. Who are you looking for in, in the Eredivisie to impress? Is there anyone who's in the squad that you think needs to be made more prominent? Or is there anyone in the Eredivisie you think could get the first call-up soon? The reason why I'm asking is because we mentioned this in the match reactions um, that we did on YouTube, that Latvia and Gibraltar games are coming up. That is a chance to try out some new players, isn't it? True. Um, again, you get the argument of you don't get very many internationals, so can you really afford to, to try out loads mm-hmm. of new players when you need to, that you know team to gel? Um, so I don't think Van Gaal is going to go crazy with bringing up a bunch of new players um, for these two games. I think it'll be much the same. I think that players like Obispo, if he keeps playing well, he might come into it. Um, the rest, around the rest there, there's a who could really maybe step up? Gear Trouders coming back at a Feyenoord. If he can replicate some of the form that he showed last season, maybe he can come into contention. Um, but yeah, the defence in the Netherlands is so strong that maybe he won't be able to come in there. Um, and it's, it's hard to pick players right now that 
are going to sneak in there because I don't think he's going to pick players that, that play for, for for a hair in vain or even an AZ at the moment. You know, other than Vinder, looking at that squad there, there's, there's no players I'm going to be like, yeah, he's going to be a, a chance for Netherlands. This is not that quality. Um, so you're going to play as a abroad. Um, Noel Lang, as we've mentioned constantly, he's got an absolutely wonderful goal for the Cup of Asia at the weekend. So he's the one that has a chance to to come into the squad. But if it's from the Eredivisie, I'd pick Obispo if there was going to be one. But even then, centre-back options for the Netherlands, there's just so many. Um, it's just hard to, to get picked up there. Um, and we'll see who else can make the impression in the next couple of weeks because I don't think Donny van der Beek's situation is really changing at, at Manchester United. No. And, um, what about Rick Carstorp, though? Because he's someone that people have commented to us before saying that he's someone that needs to be included, someone to be an offensive right back, or are you happy with, with Dumfries and someone to back him up? I think Dumfries is is undoubtedly number one, and it's just who comes in there. You know, Rench, I think, did very well when he came on against Turkey. I thought, you know, like that six goal he set up, he did very well with his little touch inside. Um, he's not done himself any this harm with that performance, but he needs to break into the outside full time and actually start playing more more regularly. Because I think Karstorp right now is doing really well at Roman. He's part of a, a good side. He's they're playing well. He's he's doing well. Um so he's he's one that definitely should come into contention. He should have came in contention last season as well, but he just didn't. Um and elsewhere you're looking at um Sam Wammers is now starting striker at Frankfurt, if he starts playing well, maybe he becomes an option, an alternative to, to Beghorst. Then you've got Leverkusen on an interesting side. They're not very good defensively. Um, they can see the four against Dortmund, but Frimpong and, and Backer are, are starters there. So that's another interesting side for the Netherlands. And yeah, you've got the, the French contingent as well. You know, I think that Matisio had a good debut for, for Stad Reims, and I don't think he comes into the Netherlands contention yet, but the more he plays, the more he plays well, then who knows? And then you're looking at the Nice boys, and it's a bit worrying for me that Calvin Stengs was played as a left midfielder at the weekend. And judging by his stats from the game, he did not have any joy. I think he attempted three dribbles, won none of them, um, misplaced a lot of passes. That's he, really not good. And I'm actually, when I spoke to someone who was a French football expert recently, uh, they uh, they asked me. I said, "Well, would Stengs fit into a four four two system in France?" And I said, "Well, he'd, we'd have to learn a lot of parts of his game because it's not something that he normally does. He normally plays on the right side or as a ten. And they said, "Oh, maybe he'll play as a striker then, because otherwise, yeah, he's going to have to play in, on on wide midfield." And he, and that is true. He's, he's played left midfield. Yeah, and it didn't go very well. Judging by the weekend, and he was he was taken off. And then you've got Van Bergen playing as a striker for. Stad Reims as well, so it's it's straight up. You know, Justin Clivert wasn't there at the weekend. He Dilra's son did all right for for Bordeaux apparently when he came on, so that's a good move for him. But yeah, we just need to to see what players come in, and now we really want to see what Hatcher can do in Syria. But he didn't get any game time at the the weekend, so even did Tarui either. So we need to see if that's a a good move for him, and hopefully that Coop Miners was just given. A slow start because he just joined up with the squad and he only got five minutes of the weekend but hopefully he comes into it more in the next few weeks but mm. yeah right now it's not looking very good for production abroad especially when you look at brian Brobby, who when 
RB Leipzig were getting absolutely hammered by Bayern Munich. He was set rooted to the bench when he could be the starting striker for Ajax. So, yes, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. It's still early doors in the season. There's still got plenty of time to go. Um, and hopefully some of these players get game time. You never know, you might be loaned back to Ajax in January. <laughs> Strange things have happened. <laughs> I think we need to finish t- today, Mike, but I hope everyone enjoyed podcast 90 from Football Danny. If you did enjoy it, give us a like. If you're listening on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, give us a like, give us a review, subscribe, wherever you are, let us know that you're there and you're enjoying the podcasts. There's um, much more to look forward to. If, of course, if you... Don't normally go and visit it. Go and see the Football Aranya website. Always things on there. Uh, we're your home of Dutch football in English language. A couple of things also. If you enjoy what we do in terms of our podcast creation or our club content that we do on the website, then please vote for us in the Football Content Awards. There's still a link I've left in the description for you to click. And if you haven't heard about this already, we've been nominated for two awards in the finals of the Football Content Awards. We're obviously very, very pleased about that. And finally, a little plug that we um, hopefully will be able to share with you an interview, an exclusive interview with Nigel Lonbike, who is a Wolves um, defender who's on loan with Fortuna Sittard this season. You've got that to look forward to. You can find that on the website when it comes out. Um, Mike, thanks for joining me and uh, more to come from us very soon. I think that there's uh, a lot of matches coming up. I think it's going to be hard to keep track of all the games, whether that's in Europe, the Eredivisie, or the national team. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of game time, but it's exciting time to be an Netherlands fan again with Van Hal back in charge and the good times showing themselves again. So, yeah, it's just it's good to be around the Netherlands when the Netherlands are playing well and then you've got players coming through and there's so many around Europe now to keep an eye on to see how they're doing every weekend. You know, it's, it's good to see. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of games coming up, but a lot of interesting stories around Europe when involving Dutch players. So, yeah, it's a lot to keep us busy on the, the website, for sure. <laughs> As always, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Give us a like, and um, we'll see you very soon. <laughs>